Open your Bibles to the book of Hebrews, and then we'll go to the book of Genesis. And I want to kind of minister um, a sermon that I'm going to call um, Abraham, What is Faith? It's kind of a boring title, but I think it's a better message. Um, I've always taught faith in the, in the principles of one, two, and three. Uh, who has faith, how faith grows, and all that. And then I realized there's a generation that don't get points. They get stories. And so I'm going to teach faith to you today from the life of a man named Abraham. Hebrews 10, 38 says that the just live by this thing called faith. It's not mystery. It's not spooky. It is a, a, a substance of God that is in you that gives you the ability to do the unusual and to live the impossible life that others say that you cannot live or live the way that you're supposed to live. And it says that we live by this thing called faith. And in Hebrews eleven six, we have another great bold statement that shows you the importance that faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So if you're a Christian, you got to keep your faith life up, strong, and healthy. And I'm thinking, being a half journalist at heart, if I would choose any man that I have studied or read about or known. Uh, to ask what faith is, I would ask Abraham. Abraham is called by three different religions, to say it this way, their father of faith. Christianity says Abraham showed us faith. Islam claims Abraham as a source of their example of faith. And the Jewish people claim Abraham as their father of faith. So we got about three billion people that looked to one man and says, he showed us what faith was. So you think you might want to ask that guy, what is faith then? If that guy is looked upon by three billion people as a man of faith, you might want to ask him, what is it? And how would he explain it? I think if Abraham was here this morning, he'd sit in a chair, look like an old man, with a scrunched up face. And he'd say, you want to ask me what faith is? He says, well, let me tell you how I lived it. And in the middle of my story, you'll discover what faith is. In Genesis 12 and 1, you have his entrance into the record for humans to understand him. It says, Abraham heard God. And God told him something. Get out of your country, away from your kindred, and leave this place and go. He would look at you and say, you want to know what faith is? It's hearing God when nobody else is. He said, I lived in a city full of pagans. It was an ancient city of modern status. It was developed he had a home with his family. His family's career were idol makers. They made idols in the backyard and sold them in his front yard to the idiots of that town. And that's how they made their living. He said, in the middle of all that darkness and paganism, I heard God speak. What is faith? The ability for you to hear in the midst of all things evil around you, hear God's voice. 
How many Christians have accepted Christ but never heard his voice? That's a thought. He would look at you and say, I'm not done. I'm just starting. He said, you want to know what faith is? It's the ability to do what you heard. He said, God told me to leave town. I had a house. I had a beautiful wife. And I lived affluently in the Earl of the Chaldees. He said, and he told me to leave. Faith is the ability to do what you heard God tell you to do, no matter how it feels in the natural. He said, I told my wife, Sarah, we're leaving. And she said, okay. I don't know if British wives would have done that with Abraham. I know Americans would have had a fight. Where are we going? I don't know. We're going. Because Abraham didn't have GPS. All he had was, get up and go. I'm sure Sarah said, uh, where are we going? I don't know, but we're going. Are we going north or south? No, we're going. Uh, uh, Abraham, have you been drinking? <laughs> have you been smoking something you shouldn't have been smoking? It don't make sense. He said, well, if I'm your husband and you love me and you trust me, I heard God. Who? Jehovah. No one had heard much from him. Now, in Abraham's life, there was a story in his family because he comes from the sham side of Noah's life. And when they would sit around the dinner table, every once in a while they would rehearse family history. They would say, you know, back in our family tree, this guy named Noah built a boat. You know that? that we're, we're kin to him. Really? The little kids would say, the guy that built the boat with all the animals? Yeah. Uh, we come from his son, the Sham side. It's amazing how faith can start with one person and die for generations. And somewhere along that line, probably the God of Noah said, let's look back down into the line of Noah and see if there's somebody that can hear my voice. And Abraham heard it. Faith is that thing inside of you that hears what others ignore or does not believe that exists. And that voice of God said, leave your country and leave your family and go. And he didn't have a map. And enough faith in him to bring peace in his family that they could pack their bags and follow Abraham to wherever this place was. Interesting. He left a house and never owned one again. He lived the rest of his life in a tent. What is faith? Enjoying tents for the rest of your life because you're a pilgrim who's looking for a city whose maker is God and it's not on the planet, so why put your roots here? Just be a pilgrim while you're here. He left town and he said, I had a relative named Lot. Stupid boy, but he came. I let him come because I'm nice. 
he saw something about me that intrigued him, and he joined me on my journey out. And we went to a far place, and the blessing of Jehovah came over my life, and my possessions increased, and his possessions began to increase. And our herds were so big, they were battling for the water and the grass, and our staff was arguing with each other. I always remember your problem starts on the outside with your far reaches of employees that try to find your heart later to destroy things. That's where the strife starts. And it got to where the argument between the two peoples, the two staffs, caused problems. And it got to the leaders, Lot and Abraham. And they went to a mountain to talk about it. And Abraham would look at you and say, you want to know what faith is? Faith is giving somebody else first choice. And that you believe that with the leftovers you got, God can make something good come out of it. Abraham and Lot went to the top of the mountain. Genesis 12 and so forth, 13 and on. And he said, Lot, if you choose the north, I'll go south. If you choose this, I'll take the leftovers. And Lot, being young and dumb, looked out over all the situations and chose the best for himself. And the Bible says he chose all of the plains and took them for himself. And Abraham stood there and said, that's your choice, it's yours. And Lot went happily down the road to tell his herdsmen, this is all ours now. And Abraham was left standing with the leftovers. What is faith? The ability to give somebody else first choice, believing that the leftovers you got can become great in God. And as he turned to look, God said, as far as you can see, it's yours. And I'll make you great. And I'll give you a son. And you'll be blessing the whole earth. And boy, Abraham was happy. But Lot, should be a whole sermon by himself of how not to be Lot. He had all these cows and fussing staff members. The next time you find Lot, he don't have a cow to his name. I want to ask Lot, what happened to your cows? Where's your fussing employees? He's over there in the pagan city of Sodom and Gomorrah, letting his daughters date these bisexual idiots. But before he was with Abraham with thousands of cows and beautiful lands and everything going on, and the next time you see him, he don't have one sticking cow to his name. Let's preach about that for a moment. I've been a member of this church. Sometimes I lived here four and a half years, but I've been a part of this church for Pastor Collins for 25 years. I like you. I know many of you. I bump into you all over the world. KT people, hi, hi, what are you doing here? I live here now. It's amazing where you all live, where you all come from, where you all go. KT people are everywhere. And I like that. But I watch people come to this house and start being blessed. And then they leave for some stupid reason because of some complainers on the outside rim of this church. 
and they leave. And the next time you find them, they're not even married to the woman you saw with them for the first time. They have a new one. Oh, hi, who are you? And they don't know where their kids are at. And their life is in turmoil. And I want to hit them and shake them a little bit. When you were back where you were over there, you were being blessed. Things are working for you. Have you noticed when you're disconnected from where you're supposed to be, things bad happen to you? Lot was wealthy with the loss of cows. Now he's poor among the stupid people of Sodom. Where's your cows at? If I'd have been Lot, I'd have thought a little different. I thought since I left with Abram, I got rich. Since I've been around this man, I got really rich. And my life is good. And I got some fussing employees. I'm going to fire them. Sack them, as you all call it. Sometimes sacking is God's plan. And, uh, and I'd have said to Abraham, I'm going to sell some cows. I don't want to disconnect with you. And this arguing is not needful. I have not got it enough inside of me to have it on my own. I need to be with you. So let me sell a few thousand cows and fire my fussing staff members that I may stay here next to you and learn about this thing that keeps you being great in the most odd ways. But he didn't have that type of sense to recognize where the blessing came from. Please have enough sense to recognize how the blessing of God has come into your life and don't disconnect from it until the divine order of assignment comes to you. Your blessing may be by who you're with, not because you're somebody special yet. One afternoon, Abraham would tell you, I got a word that my crazy family named Lot got captured. And everybody in his house got captured. All of his goods were taken. And the city he lived in was taken over. Now, he may be crazy, but he's still my crazy family. And the Bible says that Abraham had 318 servants that he trained into a military force that went down to get Lot back and his family and their goods and bring him back freely. What is faith, Abraham? It's a fight when you need to fight. See, a lot of people today just think faith is feeding hungry people. Faith is all sent up in society and in the spirit to say what is right and do what is right, even if people don't get it. When I was a little boy, churches and men and women of faith would take on the sex shops and curse them and bind them and pray them until they went out of business. The psychic people of the little red palms, they'd drive by and pull their car in the parking lot and plead the blood and bind it until the red palm became a no palm. And they disappeared. A man of faith, a woman of faith, is a person that doesn't mind a good fight when you have to fight. What is faith? It's a fight that you have when it's time to fight. That's what he would tell you. And you think, wow. He said, I'm not done. How much more is there faith? Oh, there's a lot more. 
He would look at you and say, faith is making altars to worship God when nobody else does it. He says, I became an altar builder and a tither in my life. Before there was churches preaching on tithing, Abraham tithed and gave offerings. You'll find that in his story in Genesis. He built altars and made sacrifices to God joyfully. And he gave a tithe of all that he had to Melchizedek. What is faith? Giving to God what is his, whether it's popular or not with the Christian community. What is an altar today? My grandmother always talked about family altars, and when I was a little boy, we'd go to Sunday school, and they'd have the little pictures of a bunch of stones and, and wood on top, and it on fire. I thought, did you build that in your house? She says, no, but I made other kind of altars that were just as powerful. We had a prayer altar in our family where we prayed every night. If we missed some nights, I'm sure we did, but I don't remember those nights. But we also were a family that did things that other families didn't do because that's how we built an altar. We decided that we would go help the church before Sunday and clean it or clean up after church, whether any other family did that. We decided as a family at certain times of the year that we were going to be doing something extra that we normally did not do as a sign of working for God and honoring God. It was an altar that our family unit gave to God, that we gave to him these special days of service with no applause. We built our altars and we gave our sacrifice to God. When's the last time your family built you an altar that you and your family decided, your wife and your children decided that we're going to do this for God. We're going to do these things on these days for this amount of time as an offering unto the Lord. What is faith? Building altars and putting sacrifices that God receives on them. He says, you know, when you live by faith, a faith life gets to the place where you make a covenant with God. He said, I made a covenant with Jehovah. And I kept it. Have you made a covenant with God that you have not kept? Have you ever sat down and you and God made an understanding. I've heard them like this. People say it jokingly. If you make me a millionaire, I'll serve you and give you lots of money. They're a millionaire and the church never saw a pound or a dollar. You didn't keep your covenant. Didn't keep it. If you give me this house, God, I'll still serve you anywhere you want me to. And you never left that town because you're controlled by the little cottage that God helped you buy. But you didn't keep your covenant. What is faith? The ability to know your covenant with God and keep it 
whether anybody else gets it or not. We look today a little bit further in Abraham's life. Are you all here? You're all so quiet. Maybe it's a sobering sermon. I don't know. He says, one day, I got a new name. You know what faith is? Getting a new name. I went from Abram to Abraham. He went from sinner to saint. He went from nominal Christian to on fire Christian. Some people called you extreme. You get all kinds of names when you walk with God. When you're a person of faith, you get a new name. And sometimes the name you're given, you don't go, oh, that's good. It's like, oh, okay. Catherine Kuhlman didn't like being called a faith healer, but boy, she was. She got a new name. When you live by faith, your faith life and what it produces will create a new reputation about you. And people and God will call you something new. I like a new name. Hope you do too. I would say to Abram, well, that's a lot. He goes, I'm not done. That's just the beginning of my story of faith. He said, I was told by God I was to have a baby. You know what I was when I had a baby? My wife was so wrinkled, I almost lost my faith over it. What is faith? Believe in a promise that intellectually cannot happen, and you keep believing it even though folks laugh at you, including your wife. He says in Romans 4 that Abraham, he didn't stagger. He didn't waver. He called those things that be not as though they were. What is faith? Talking every day you're a daddy when you have no little boy calling you one. He says, but I got one. When we were real old and wrinkled, out popped Isaac. He goes, that was a great day. My popularity went up all over the territory. That man's odd, but he's got that baby. Look at him. He's out there playing football with him right now. An old man chasing a ball with a young kid. For 10 to 12 years, Abraham enjoyed raising that little boy. The most wonderful thing in his life was Isaac running around his feet and growing 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old. When he go build an altar, Isaac came and helped him put the stones together and build it with him, and he had a son that he was teaching faith to. What is faith? It's the ability to impregnate the spirit of your child with the faith of your God that they'll live it after you're dead. He said, I brought my little boy up. Building altars, learning the life of faith, and walking the road before Jehovah. I didn't let him go down to Sodom and visit his stupid cousins. I protected my boy. He stayed in the land that I ruled, in the atmosphere that I owned. I didn't let my children go wrong places. Being a man of faith is raising your children in a way that they will obey God in front of you and when they're away from you. That's faith.
He said, one morning, I was tapped on the shoulder. And God said, I want you to sacrifice your son. He said, I had to hear it twice. Because why would God kill what took me so long to get? But it was the Lord's voice. And I brought Isaac and we went on a three days journey. And my son kept asking, Dad, you forgot something. Where's the goat? Where's the lamb? It's okay. I've got it. Because he trusted his dad. Isaac just kept on being happy and enjoying the journey. They got to the place of the altar building of the great sacrifice of his life. And Isaac helped put the stones together and put the wood on it. He kept thinking, where's the lamb? It's time to lay the lamb on the top of it. He said, um, you're it. Now, I don't know how you think about that. I naturally think the little boy would go into fright and nervousness. I understand that. But maybe, because Hebrew says that Abraham was believing that at the moment of death of Isaac, that God would raise him back up because God promised him a son. What is faith? The ability to give everything to God that he asks, even the most precious, knowing that he'll still keep his promise, even though it looks so opposite at that moment. He laid Isaac on that altar, and he raised his hand tanned old hand of a desert wanderer with a knife in it to kill his son as a sacrifice to God. And about the time he was to bring that knife down into his little boy's chest and across his throat, because it hold it, I just wanted to see if there was a human that loved me more than the blessing I gave them because I'm planning to do something just like this. I'm going to fix the earth problem by giving my own son who will die and I will raise him three days later. And if there wasn't a man that would do that, It might have been a different story. What is faith? Keeping everything out of your closeness with God. Even the promise that runs around your feet and in your life. I said, wow, Abraham, that's a lot because I'm not done. I lived a hundred and some years. I have a lot to tell you. You want to know what faith is? It's finding a wife for your son that's right. If you read the story, when Abraham got older and Isaac got time to marry, he called his eldest servant in that he had the most faith in and said, I need you to go get 
Isaac's wife down there. And the servant goes, what if she won't come? And he said, the angel of the Lord will make it all work. Just shut up and go. That's why he's a servant, not the head. Because he can't see beyond the natural. What is faith? The ability to help your children marry the right person in their life. See, you all just have them and you change their nappy and feed them and educate them and then you drop them out in the world of life and that's why they marry idiots and give birth to future idiots that you have to raise when you shouldn't be raising babies. You should be enjoying grandchildren. Good morning, everybody. You invited me. How many people have never been in the process of helping their children find the right person? Abraham just didn't have a promise. He helped that promise find the right wife. He got the right one. And you can too. And there was no peradventure to it all. It was thus and so. God worked it. He worked it for Abraham, and he'll work it for you. What is faith? Having a family that you teach them how to serve God and keep God first. How to walk with God, honor God with your giving and your, and your sacrifice. How to marry the right person. And you put into their spirit, into their DNA, the ability to serve God after you're dead and gone. I pastored for years. One of the saddest things I saw in my pastoring was a family loving Jesus until someone died and then they all backslid within nine months to a year. I used to go to their house and eat dinner and they loved Jesus and talked about the Lord and loved the church and the daddy died. Pretty soon the wife hardly came to church and the kids disappeared. You found them in the mall and said, hi. And they didn't talk, act, or smell like they used to. That was a Christian home that didn't have Abraham in it. They were all Christians because of the strength of one person. They believed because of them. That person did not put inside of their children the walk of life and the walk of faith and the commitment to Jehovah. Faith is the ability to impregnate the heart of your children that when you're dead for a hundred years, your grandbabies will still be singing hallelujah and all the blood that years later serving God no matter what society is like. That's faith. That's faith. I go, wow, because I'm not done. You ask me what faith is. Genesis 25, he would tell you, faith is writing a will and executing it before you're dead. In Genesis 25, Abraham called his family together and gave to his children their inheritance and their gifts and told them where to go live. Most people don't think about that. 
If you read Abraham's life and you were talking to him, faith is putting your house in order, setting it where it stays in peace and direction before you're dead. Now, I'm going to stop and preach just a little more here. I've had the honor in my life to have known the great men of faith of my time, most of them personally. I ate in their homes and flew on their planes and was in their travels with many of them. I knew Orr Roberts well. I knew Kenneth Hagen pretty good. I knew Lester Summerall very well. They were the three greatest men of faith that I knew in my life. There were others, but these are the ones that I knew. And to be honest, most of the world knows these people's names because of what they've accomplished by faith in God. Or Roberts built the first spirit-filled university accredited by my government as a legitimate quality university that still stands today. Many British people and European had sent their kids there to be educated and their slogan in the beginning days was, come and get your learning and keep your holy burning. And thank God they kept it that way. I knew him. I carry his name. I ate with him many times at his table. When he died, his will was unexecuted correctly. He had four children. Two died tragically. One by suicide and one by a plane crash. He was left with Roberta and his youngest son named Richard that are alive today. His daughter is a lawyer doing law work today and respected in the state of Oklahoma where she lives. Richard is a healing preacher of his own right that has a good ministry today. But they don't like each other. And they don't talk hardly at all. When Orr Roberts died, the university was not in the family that he had made. It had passed from his hands to another that was outside of his biological and spiritual DNA. Still a good school, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't in the family. And you said, then you wonder why. You scratch your head. A man of greatness that makes us all go, wow. But his two kids don't talk and they fuss. Don't like each other. Not even much today. If I'd have been Orr Roberts, I'd have called him to my house and I locked the front door. And I'd have set them down in my house and say, we're going to fix this or die here. We're not leaving here until we've talked and prayed and talked and prayed and fixed this and sealed it inside of it. Because I'm not leaving with a family and a ministry that's going to crumble after I die. And I'd have kept them in that front room until they got right or died right there on the sofa with me. See, you laugh because you won't do that. That's why your kids marry idiots. 
and do all the stupid things that you, oh, God, help me. You should have spanked their butt and prayed and with their head a little bit longer and you had a different child. Ha, 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 ha. I just sat there and I said, now listen, you two. My daughter is an educated lawyer that can run that university right by the laws of this country and do right by it. I give to her the responsibility to run this school and to keep it accredited and right and done correctly for the next generation. Now, Richard, you're a healing preacher. Stay on that TV camera. Keep praying for miracles for the people. Get your wife and travel across this world and pray for the healing of God's people and let them know that God still heals today and don't let the message die. And I had to preach that into them and prayed that into them and worked that into them and spanked that into them and they got it. And then I'd have done it all over again to make sure it got sealed inside of them. And I'd have come out of my house and called all my partners and all my friends. I said, I've worked on my family and I'm old. And I'm going to die soon. My day of departure is close. And my daughter shall do this. And my son shall do this. I ask you to watch them and see the fruit of this decision. And when you see that it is true, I ask that you will be loyal to them like your parents were loyal to me. And may this ministry and this university of God go to the next generation with fervency and power and do that which is right. But that didn't happen. Kenneth Hagin, one of the greatest prophets of our time, most respected, has two kids. That don't like each other. He has a daughter and a son. If I was Brother Hagen, I'd have called him to my house and locked the front door. <laughs> and I'd have worked on him until I got it fixed. I'd have talked and we'd have prayed. And we would have talked and we'd have prayed until God us got it out and worked it out and I would have said on my daughter rest my prophetic mantle she carries the office of the prophetic that God gave me in the latter half of my life she shall run the school under that prophetic mandate my son will carry the ministry of my beginning years of pastoring and evangelism. That is the way my mantle has been divided. And that's the way it shall succeed. And it shall be like this. And I'd have worked it until they got it. And I'd have called all my graduates and told them how it was and did it. But that didn't happen. I was friends deeply with Lester Summerall. Knew him quite, quite deeply. He had three children, all boys. Frank, Stephen, and Peter. They 
They like to fight and argue. I'd have called them to my house one day and locked the front door. And we'd have dealt with it long enough to get peace and rightness. I said, Frank, my eldest, will carry my apostolic role. Stephen shall be the administrator of all. Peter shall run the media. And I'd have worked it to where they would have loved each other and preferred each other or die in the process getting there. When Brother Summerall died, Frank was never allowed to preach in the church again. He was kicked to the curb. The second son split the church and went down the street and built another one. And left the big one that everybody paid for, said almost empty. Pastored by a seeker-friendly church that thinks the grandfather was kind of odd. And the other one just died. What is faith? The ability to write your will and execute it correctly before you're dead. Is that everything, Abraham? No, I'm not done yet. Well, you're executing your will, but I'm not dead yet. This is faith. This is the life of faith. What is faith, Abraham? It is that power. It is that virtue. It is that force that takes you to the other side with peace. How many people die screaming, I don't want to go. I'm scared. What is faith, Abraham? It's the ability to walk to the other side with all the confidence and peace in your heart as a great happening in your life. That's faith. I have 28 points, but I can't preach them all this morning. But let me give you one more, and I'll come back and bury him again. What is faith, Abraham? It's the ability to walk with God after you've sinned. It's the ability to get up out of your clay and your shame, and the guilt, and the words of the public, and put your hand back in God's hand, and live, and fulfill your life as if you've never did nothing wrong. That's faith. You're sitting here today, and some of you are watching, and we have all one thing in common. We've sinned and come short of the great glory of our great God. For some reason, some people think that their sin has disqualified them. Abraham would look at you and say, I had my wife lie a couple of times, you know. She was so beautiful, we sinned about it.
I told it a lie to a king and a governor. And I got rebuked on that by them. It's bad when the heathen rebuke you. It's tough enough when God rebukes you, but when the heathen rebuke you because they're scared of your God and you're not, there's something wrong with that picture. What is faith? The ability to accept your forgiveness from God. The ability to know that you've been washed clean even though your mind remembers and your enemies talk it. To put your hand back in the hand of God and say, let's walk on. Because God never closes his hand. It's always open. He is your present help in the time of any trouble. What is faith? The ability for a British person to get up out of sin and darkness, guilt and shame, and believe the eternal word of God and the promise of God and walk to a new day of horizon and fulfill your destiny in spite of your mistakes and wrongs. That's what faith is. Faith is a life, not a magic wand. It is a force inside of you that when you find Christ, he gives you that deposit as a gift. Every one of us have been given that beautiful measure of faith that if we embrace it, we can live a life of faith. We can live our life overcoming the greatest mountains and the deepest valleys, the greatest sorrows, and the joy of proving God is alive by how you live every day. We have a new generation rising in our world who knows not the life of faith. They've heard the principles and they don't quite get it. And I found out if I tell a story, they get it. Abraham, what is faith? It's hearing God when people say God doesn't talk. What is faith, Abraham? It's doing what you heard Jehovah say, even when you don't have the complete picture or a map to show you the final spot of your life. What is faith? The ability to give somebody first choice when in your natural heart you want that plain, that valley of beautiful water. Knowing that the young man next to you will not survive on his own. But there's a confidence in you to give somebody first choice, believing that the leftovers with God shall be more than enough for you. What is faith? It's building altars and paying tithes when people make fun of it and they argue 
Was it New Testament or Old Testament? It's neither one. It's the life of faith. That you give to God sacrifices that honor him. That recognize him. And you do things from your family's will. Because you choose to give a day of sacrifice. That we serve God this way or we give God this. We build our altars and we do it. Whether anybody asks us or thanks us or applauds us. Because we are building an altar. And we're putting on it something that God hopefully will consume with his holy fire. I'm teaching my children how to build altars and love giving a sacrifice to God with a smile. What is a faith? It's making a covenant with God that you live even when it's made fun of by others. It's getting a new name and not being ashamed of it. From Abram to Abraham to Peter to Paul. What is faith? Loving your new identity that you find in God. What is faith? Doing the impossible and not staggering or wavering even when your own body looks old and cannot produce. And all of a sudden, Sarah, your wrinkled wife, is pregnant. And out pops Isaac. And you spend 10, 12 years just loving that little boy you waited so long for and being willing to give it away because nothing will you allow to be between you and Jehovah. What is faith? Helping your children love Jehovah with all their heart. Not because of you only, but because they met him for themselves through your life. And when they go to your grave to mourn your departure and remember you in memory, they won't talk about the material things they only got from you. I have my walk with God. Isaac told his son, you know what I can sow in the time of famine in a foreign country and get a hundredfold return while the Philistines get nothing? Your granddaddy told me how to build altars and live by faith. And that faith I got. And I walked over here in a famine and prospered. You eat at my table because of my faith. And that put inside of those children a DNA that is determined to live for God all the days of their life. Do their works and their miracles. What is faith? writing a will and selling it before you're dead. What is faith? Dying content and happy. I've lived it. I've finished 
run my course by faith. I'm ready for my home going. And the last act of faith on earth, when it picks you up as you lay down your body and it escorts you to the pearly gates for the beginning of your eternal existence on the other side. That is faith. And I pray for you this morning. I reach my hand towards you and do all that I know to lift you up with the words of my prayers to our God. And I pray for you today that God will meet you where you are, that he will answer your questions and heal your mind. He'll restore health to your body and give supply to your finances. I pray for you today that your sleep shall be sweet and not terrorized and that the righteous shall sleep in the peace of God and rise with new strength and new joys. I pray for you today that God will heal your families, restore that which has been broken, that which has been marred. I pray that God restores your marriages, restores your family. I pray that the spirit of unbelief will be exposed to your mind and your conscience that you may see where it may be governing you and may faith come alive. May you make a fresh commitment to be like Abraham, Holy Spirit, bless this great people. Touch them where they are and let them walk from their talents and walk back and walk with you by faith, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.